Hello and welcome to The Good GP, the education podcast for busy GPs. My name is Tim Coe. And I'm Corey Lee. And it's our pleasure today to welcome Associate Professor Frank Jones, recently retired President of the RACGP. Welcome, Frank. G'day, guys. How are you both? Very well, thanks. What a pleasure to have you here, Frank. Thank you very much. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, your time as RACGP president and some reflections. I'll look a little bit back at the, the couple of years and the, indeed the many years you've spent on council. So my first question is, how's life going and, and what's keeping you busy since um, stepping down from the RACGP presidency? Well, look, the RACGP presidency was an amazing two-year journey or adventures I've said on many times, um, uh, but it was intensely busy, um, trying to balance busy practice from life and of course um, advocating for the college. It was an amazing journey for me. Uh, I guess the best thing, uh, if people have asked me what was the best thing about it, I'll just say I'm gonna have lots, of, lots of good things, but among the best thing was meeting other GPs uh, and, and witnessing and being part of their journey and then what a fantastic job they do for their communities. And it was an absolute honor and a privilege to work alongside many of these GPs. Yeah, you really, it's a job that forces you to get out and meet the like the massive number of GPs who do a range of different and equally important jobs, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the, the general practice, we are the expert generalists of the 21st century. We're dealing with, uh, you know, undifferentiated disease. We're de- dealing it within context. We're providing that golden gift of general practice, the continuity, as I've said before. And look, it was just a wonderful journey to, to do all that. Um, Obviously, the advocacy part of the presidency was a, was a, was a big item, tick number for me. I mean, that's really why I actually entered the foray to start with. Um, I've always felt from 30 years general practice that really we were relatively unrecognised by specialist colleagues, by our communities, and also by other by the politicians, which is really where the Good GP campaign came to, came to the fore, in my head anyway. In fact, many people don't know, I actually wrote an article about 15, 20 years ago in Ausdoc in and around this, uh, and the fact that I felt that general practice was really not being recognised as it should. So I think the good GP journey uh, has had its detractors, but by and large it has put general practice front and central, central in the Australian health environment, that's for sure. Fantastic. Yeah, you've done a good job, Frank. I was wondering, what are the challenges ahead for the next president, do you think? Well, I think the, the challenges will, will, will go on. I think, obviously, that because we've now raised our profile to a certain extent amongst politicians, amongst stakeholders, there's now an expectation that we'll deliver. I think it is a very difficult health environment at the moment. There's all sorts of pressures, not, not just fiscal. Um, our patients' expectations, technology has taken us into the 21st century. It's making our job increasingly challenging uh, and rewarding, but also difficult. So I think really the challenges are to maintain the drive of general practice as central as being the best and the most cost-effective part of the health system. We have to stay on message and, and that message has to go through to the politicians. And I'm confident that at some stage we will get a result from, I think I've often said politicians listen but they actually don't hear. Um, uh, but I think the challenge still is to keep general practice out front there. Uh, I think that we have probably as a college have to be a little bit more strategic and maybe think a little bit outside the circle how we move forward now that we've got to this stage. Um, but look, that's obviously the next council, the next president's um, challenge, uh, and I'm sure they will be up to it. 
you know, you've sat there across the room from, you know, these health ministers and the prime minister and so forth. I mean, when you talk general practice, does it, does it actually resonate with them? Oh, you, you get the feeling that they just don't get it in lots of ways. Uh, look, I think it's some of, the, some of them do, Tim, I would say. A couple of people I met have certainly understood the importance of general practice and, and really that we are the most cost-detective part of the health system. And they also understand that, you know, that if you haven't got a strong primary health care system, it's going to cost more and more money. But with this state-federal divide with a three-year political cycle where they just want to be in the next time and I think it gets lost in that rhetoric really and I think that's a great shame you know I do bemoan the fact that our politicians have to have some sort of vision uh, I do believe that sometimes they have to be brave and Tim you've heard me say this before at council I think Gary CGB council has to be brave and indeed it has been brave on many occasions in the last few years but I think I, I do. I do get a little bit, little bit worried about some of our politicians because of the cycle, that, the three-year cycle that they're in. Yeah, Frank, you've been really passionate about uh, what you said, leadership in general practice and developing the next, next sort of leaders within the RACGP. Um, one of the issues that's come up at the last two AGMs has been there's not enough um, young female leaders on on RACGP council. How do we get more young female leaders into our organisation and, you know, what's... Yeah, look, I mean, obviously now 60% of GPs, I think, are female, something along that line. I mean, there has to be a flow-on effect, and I think it's probably going to be a gradual thing. I mean, there's obviously a cultural change slowly happening as well. I mean, if you look at the RSGGB committee members and council, we actually rate pretty well compared to many other colleges and the number of females that have been at a higher level. Absolutely, at the moment, and our last council, there was a relative lack of female um, members. And look, I'm hopeful that with our future leaders campaign that we're coming up with now, which I'll talk about in a second, Tim, we will have some more representation from our female colleagues. But look, sometimes they have a harder life balance thing than, than us males because of the children, etc. Um, but look, we actually want them involved. We want 50% or more on, on all our committees. Yeah, great. Right. So, Frank, what changes would you like to see in the college in the next few years? I think more female representation definitely in all the committees and councils. Um, I think uh, we have to be cognizant all the time that we are doing the right thing by our members uh, and I think that we really have to keep members right at the front and centre otherwise we are a lost cause. Um, one of my ideas is that really we probably need to try and regionalise things a little bit more. I think there's probably an opportunity for the college to make its um, name better known in regional Australia. I'm talking about cities, but there's also major regional and, and rural areas. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, I think there's, there is definitely, this is my personal opinion, there's, there's definitely a gap in local GP education. I think the original divisions did this very well, Medicare Locals did not, and primary health care networks are not doing that. I think there's a huge opportunity for regionalisation, postgraduate general practice education. Great. Frank, um Here's a, a bit of a curveball for you. There's always this talk about the two colleges. Why are there two colleges? Why, you know, you know, which college should I choose? And a lot, you know, every now and again, someone says, "Oh, why can't you just come together and and you know be one organisation?" You know, what's your view on the two colleges coming together? Can it happen? Will it happen? So I watched this uh, uh, develop twenty years ago, whatever, what fifteen, twenty years ago, what it was, and I can only say uh, my emotion at the time was perplexion. I was per totally perplexed by the whole thing, what was going on in Melbourne at that stage. I wasn't not really involved in general practice politics at that stage. Look, we have much more in common than sets us apart. There's absolutely no doubt about that. We are dealing with the same type of patients. There's no question about that. 
we are expert journalists, be you a journalist in the inner city dealing with, uh, uh, with uh, homeless youth, or if you're a GP obstetrician in, in Collie. We still have the basic journalist skill. Yes, you'll need different skills for where you work. My skill base has had to change to reflect where I worked. I've been a rural GP. I'm now probably what's called a regional GP, and purely and simply that's because my local demography has changed. My skills have had to change, and that is what ties us all together as general practitioners. Whether the college can come together or not, I mean, there's still a lot of uh, hurt out there. Um, look, I'm, I am optimistic that really Australia is the only country in the world that's got two separate GP colleges. And to me, if I was funding the whole thing, and again, this is my personal point of view, why would you fund two colleges? Um, people will disagree with that, but that's my personal point of view. So I am optimistic. Um, I think that you know, that it, at, at a personal level, there's there is good relationship between the, the both presidents of the college. Certainly, I had a great relationship with Lucy, um, and I'm sure Bastian has the same with, with the, the new um, Akron president. Look, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, let's not dismiss it. We have by far more in common than sets us apart. Great, Frank. Last question, what are your, you know, you reflect back on, on your time as president, what's the highlight for you being president? The highlight has to be, as I said, right at the start is meeting other, other GPs who are passionate about what they do. I mean, I guess the other highlights for me personally are the Good GP campaign. I think the governance review we, we moved on a lot with. Um, and, uh, and I'm particularly, again, personally proud of some of the stands that we took as a college against the homeopathic movement against the chiropractic movement. I think that no other college had the guts to actually stand up and say, look, we've got to look after our patient safety because that's where we're coming from. This was not about turf war. This is about patient safety. And no other college had the guts to do that. Yeah, good on you, Frank. Yeah, I think the membership really appreciated some of those actions. Frank, thank you for talking to us this afternoon. We've got you back for next week's episode where we're going to talk about the future of general practice. Okay, Tim, well, look forward to that as well. Cheers. And that is the good GP.